0: Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time.
1: Hello, Blanket Huggers. Stefan here. On March 28, 2021, Josh and I received a message through our website Submit a Sighting Form from someone claiming to be Terry R. R. Rist, the man referenced in Hell Here, and the man interviewed by Alan Greenfield in Secret Cipher of the UFOnauts. From there, we received a number of cryptic emails filled with information on places to search for answers to the larger mystery of the quest and journey Josh and I have been on. So, we decided, fake or not, we should take it seriously, as much of the information given panned out and definitely opened our eyes to many new things. So, we enlisted the help of Astral Stew co host Santosh and Fearscape guest and Greenfield's publisher Olaf Phillips. Together, the four of us have been digging deeper and deeper into not only the true identity of our source of paranormal gold. Whether he is the Terry Wrist or not, but also into the mystery of the information given us. It has led us to some amazing doors into such things as the Secret Space Program, Hollow Earth, Darrow and Tarot, caves, underground bases, government cover-ups and conspiracies, and so much more. So if you would like to learn more about these emails, Terry's advice on where to look for more high strangeness, and our conversations and discoveries thus far, please become a monthly subscriber to our Patreon, called Wristwatch, at fearscapepodcast.com slash support, or patreon.com slash fearscapepod. There you can get access to the emails themselves, the WhatsApp conversation about it all with Josh, myself, Santosh, and Olaf, and even any new clues that we have found. You can even join the investigation and add anything you have found to help us dive deeper into the mystery. You will also get access to other Fearscape-related things, such as extended interviews with guests not aired on the show, early access to Estes sessions with us and friends, and so much more. Wristwatch is a Patreon exclusive for our most dedicated fans. Join today and discover why the truth is now.
2: Thank you for tuning in to Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. We are on a journey to understand and to discover the phenomena that seems to exist all around the globe. We invite you to join us on this journey into the unknown.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another out of this world and then back into this world episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast uh, here on the Fearscape Media Network. I am your host, Stephen Gearhart, and I am joined, as always, by the lovely, bubbly, and uh, Santosh's buddy. Well, he's my buddy, too. Josh Rutledge. (laughs) What's up, Josh?
2: Hey, man. Nothing much. Just, you know, hanging out. Uh, looking for ufos so
1: looking for looking for ufos yeah that's a uh, that's a little another i was like we gave santosh another shout out and there's another one we wrote an improvised wrote <laughs> we made up an improvised song back in the day me and santosh with our friend mike called ufos <laughs> so it was good it was all about ufos
2: uh, so there's the book a book that i'm listening to right now um uh, written by uh, tonight's topic uh, character. Um, they were, He refers to the genome as the Gnome. The Gnome? Yeah. So he's like, we're currently underway trying to map the Gnome. Okay, so is it the author that says it that way, right? Or is it the is it guy the, reading the, it? Yeah, it could be the guy reading it. It's the same guy. So I also have um, uh, the Brainerd book uh, about the center of the Earth. And mm-hmm. it's the same... Um, uh narrator that does that book too and so yeah it it could be him so because he he mispronounces a bunch of things in the (laughs) in in like several several times i'm like you know what goes into being a narrator for the books on audible because i have several books where it like it'll, it'll read a chapter and then the very next chapter, it'll repeat, and it'll read the exact same chapter again. I was yeah, like,
1: sometimes it's not together, man. And I, I'm just letting you know, Audible out there, uh, Josh and I are both voiceover actors. We do uh, book narrations. We're on Audible, so hire us so that we don't and say <laughs> gnomes, okay? Now, I might call a garden gnome. <laughs> <laughs> for shizzle and gizzle but that's about it um but no yeah you you halfway referenced it we've got a very very interesting show we've had a number of weeks with fantastic guests good god have we had some great guests but we're taking a break from some guests and we are moving to a topic and we are going to be covering something i've been wanting to cover for a long time which is the uh i don't even know how to refer to him i guess alien uh valiant thor
2: yeah so so the book refers to him uh, as the finest leader from planet venus the there you go the uh
1: planet venus the venusian there we go the venusian, venusian. himself valiant yep. thor uh, if you are not familiar with valiant thor put your seatbelt on get ready for a ride because at one point this was probably one of the most famous aliens on earth like that pe- lots of people saw and talked to yeah so
2: I'm, you <laughs> know on on and earth. write you and write at- books <laughs> Right. You know, on Earth. Back yep. home, he's just your average everyday yeah, he's, guy. Yeah, he's nobody. He's, you know, your mild-mannered reporter back home. But on Earth. Yeah, he's Valiant Thor. Valiant Thor. Like, yep. does he get to come up with that name? You I don't know, know. Like, when he's on Venus, is his name, like, George? Yeah. But when he came to Earth, it's like, I am Valiant Thor. Yeah,
1: well, it's got to be some sort of alliteration. So if it's George, it's going to be like, George, George gnome <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta have the alliteration there um, but yeah so we're gonna be talking about Valiant Thor um, a very interesting topic to be talking about author alien indeed indeed uh, so but before we get to that let's get into our topics uh, segments and all that jazz and the first one of course is psychic word of the week And ah, now. Psychic
0: Word of the Week.
1: Alright, Psychic Word of the Week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary coming from my girl Junji Bletzer, PhD, rest in peace honey bear. Um, so I have moved to the page uh, 559 nine five fifty nine. The uh, phrase that I immediately see is shaped power. shaped power. okay so, so. this says. Coined in Czechoslovakia uh, under future science, it is condensed energy that comes from within the boundaries of, of specific forms and positions of matter. Energy is magnified due to the special form of the container or arrangement of the objects
2: okay okay so, that, so so that's not vague at
1: all so it's it's it, well I mean it, it's basically power jello and, and I know that sounds silly but that's essentially what it is it's like you, you could put your magic or energy into a jar and it could therefore take the shape of that jar it would be molded by that uh. it would stay or you could say it would be um, you could put power into a room and it's going to fill the
2: entire room so i've got some 1980s uh, cake pans if y'all remember uh <laughs> like you know your mom probably got you know the gi joe cake pan yeah cake the carab- star wars one yeah. yeah. so I, so I'll, I'll just i'll get the care bear cake pan out and i'll put my energy into the care bear cake pan oh yeah care bear, bear stare dude. care bear stare all yeah. day long <laughs> dude hell yeah and then you eat that it's like yeah you even
1: get more of the energy Right. But I don't know, you know, that, and that may be something, you know, I I think it's more akin akin to, like, like I said, filling a room, right, with energy. Uh, I could see Reiki, like uh, Santosh and I talk about filling a room sometimes with Reiki um, so that when you walk in, you're just enveloped in it.
2: I mean, do you think that the, I mean, obviously, being that it's in the encyclopedia for for psychic terminology, it, it probably is. But do you think it is is solely metaphysical in nature, um, or could like actual energy? You know, so not not to say that medical ph- metaphysical energy is not energy, but you know, like electricity. Let's say, okay. could you could you change the shape of electricity by putting it through different shaped objects?
1: I don't I don't know because it doesn't imply that the energy changes the shape of other things, but that the energy itself is shaped. That's what I'm saying. So, like, could But I don't you, think, uh, oh, so, you, but yeah, but if you, well, I mean, if, energy if, is everything, though, Josh. That's the hard part because the I energy know. that is metaphysical energy is the energy. I know. So, you
2: know, that's what you're saying. And also, the energy in a jar is still right, energy. So,
1: technically, yes, we can do that because we make jello. <laughs> exactly.
2: Jello is energy. So, so now I'm going to go eat a pudding cup and, uh, <laughs> And just you know, live life with that metaphysical. <laughs> live life to the to the jelloist. to
1: the jelloist. I don't know. It's a short paragraph, and um, yes, yeah. June G. Blitzer has passed away, so we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. And I feel Maybe like if can. I Google shaped power, I'm going to land on a porn and I don't want that. So
2: <laughs> I'm just not going to bother with or, it. Or something worse. So.
1: so listeners, if you want to, yeah. um, if you got a VPN, which, you know, you can get a VPN as one of our sponsors there. Um, but if you have a VPN and you want to use it and you want to, you know, Google shared shaped power, go for it and let us know. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> but I'm not going to do it. Uh anyways, let's get moving on. Let's get into a little bit of spooky news. All right, so uh we're doing spooky news this week because uh this this article popped up in my um in my feed, in my email box like all over the place. Um, And so it talks the the headline. This comes from the Daily Record in the United Kingdom. And it says three Scots report UFO sightings in towns just 18 miles apart. Uh, The sub headline says eagle eyed spotters in Tullabadi and Cumbernauld just 18 miles apart reported sightings to the mutual UFO network database in the space of a month so we've got three separate ufo sightings that have been reported including uh one in telebody uh in the space of a month these latest unexplained sightings have all been registered with MUFON, uh and i'm sure it's, i'm pretty sure it's Telebode tele telebode. well it's t-u-l-l-i-b-o-d-y Ah, telebody was the location, not doing that again, um, was the location for a sighting of what is described as a triangular shaped aircraft spotted on the evening of Friday, March 26th. A witness who reported the sighting had been walking their dog when they spotted an orange colored light coming towards them from the southwesterly direction. Uh, The witness said,
0: My immediate thought was that there was a Chinese lantern, but it was moving too fast. Then I thought, meteorite. It was bright orange and composed of three small triangles close together i watched it until it disappeared into a bank of clouds i moved on to think about it further when another one appeared from the same direction same color speed and form it moved smoothly without noise no vapor trail or no blinking lights the second one is this he was trying to catch up with the previous, put a spurt on, and gave off a little exhaust of the same color. The poof of the exhaust remained in the same place and left a little orange dot in the sky before it again disappeared into the cloud bank.
1: Well, I said I wasn't gonna do it, but I did it anyways. <laughs> the eagle-eyed spotter also added,
0: I know that this can be explained away logically.
1: And so you uh, you I, I didn't know it was gonna happen either um <laughs> so but that incident occurred at 8 30 uh on that night reported to MUFON uh they go on again talking about always thinking that they were Chinese lanterns which you know of course we always were it was like is that Chinese lantern is that is that is that that train thing Right. Is, that, is that that Musk
2: train? Yeah, the Musk, which which yeah, that's also like don't, cool. Google <laughs> don't
0: Google no, Musk. Don't Google Musk. No, that's train that's either. a
2: seventies porn if I've ever heard one. A so big, coincidentally, The mustache right. You know
0: so
1: coincidentally there was another mysterious sighting in the skies just three days earlier 18 miles away in cumbernauld someone spotted the sighting uh in the town on tuesday march 23rd shortly after 9 p.m and also reported it to MUFON. on on this occasion the witness was able to capture video footage of the incident Uh, in the video a white flickering light can be seen in the skies the video footage lasts for more than three minutes however the spotter claimed that it remained there for more than two hours Uh, And then the third sighting occurred also in Cumberland, or excuse me, Cumbernauld. This witness claims to have spotted an object that was moving from the north to the east and then changed direction back north before disappearing. Additionally, two small objects flashed above it this uh incident occurred shortly before 9 30 on wednesday april 21st and was reported to move on that same day there's also video footage uh, that was captured of this incident and a white light can be seen flashing in the sky and appears to be coming out of some type of craft however it is not clearly identifiable from the video and sterlingshire has become a ufo sighting hotspot since then with numerous reporting sightings even in the recent years so, and it just goes on to talk a little bit about that area and the different uh, UFO sightings over, throughout the year. So very, very cool. Within a month, we
2: have a small little flop. It'd be a flap, wouldn't it? A flop. Oh, okay. That, that didn't <laughs> here's a little, the stretched you. out. The stretched flop. out. Of there. Flop. Flop.
1: I can do that all day. <laughs> <laughs> so but very very interesting very cool i love when you're getting uh, multiple and it looks like they all saw triangular shaped aircraft uh of course which is the new saucer in my, my opinion
2: yeah um, so it's, you know we went beautiful. from we went from oreos to doritos and we're, we're progressing.
1: <laughs> we oh man yep they had a cool ranch doritos too man.
2: <laughs> these are all those right. um these are those uh the tortilla chips that are made out of black corn yeah oh man the
1: i like the blue corn ones those are so good so good anyways now you got me wanting corn chips uh so not a sponsor generic corn chips uh but anyways is that a
2: brand generic yeah, Corn is. chips
1: it is it is it is it's just my uh, yeah okay stop me Okay. Uh, we're gonna go move on to our our final segment here which is the uap sighting of the week All right. UAP sighting of the week. Uh, you know, are you a UFO uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon sighting of the week? Um, you know, it's very similar to our spooky news, but that was a little bit different. We want to pull actually from where we
2: pulling from MUFON, New Fork this week. or Actually, uh, I'm pulling this out of the UFO encyclopedia. Ooh, so, a historical,
1: so we got a historical UFO sighting <laughs> yep. of the
2: week. I like that. That gives it a little edge. So this is... Uh- this is um jerome clark wrote this um uh series it is actually two books uh this is the second edition Uh, which we've talked about with a
1: number of our guests
2: i mean the so the third edition um is crazy expensive and there's no way i could ever uh buy it right now and and hide the purchase so (laughs) um but (laughs) so all right um so I, I did kind of what you all, you know, what you do with uh, with the uh, encyclopedia, psychic encyclopedia. And I just kind of bibliomancyed into page 174, which is the start of C. And the first one that grabbed my attention was actually called the Cash Landrum sighting, but it's four pages long. So instead, I'm going to read the Carter sighting.
0: All right. As they stood outside waiting for a Lions Club meeting to start, Governor Jimmy Carter, 10 residents of Leary, Georgia, noticed an unusual bright light at about 30 degrees elevation in the western sky. Carter was to recall it appeared slightly smaller than the apparent size of the moon. It came close, moved away, came close, and then moved away. He reported. He estimated it to be maybe 300 to 1,000 yards away. It moved to a distance, then disappeared. The sighting took place on January 6, 1969, between approximately 7.15 and 7.30pm.
2: Except for this sketchily rendered last detail, the object sounds very much like Venus. Frequently mistaken for a UFO, in part because of an optical illusion which causes stationary astronomical bodies to appear to move back and forth. Indeed, the only real investigation of the incident, conducted by debunker Robert Schaefer, established Venus' presence in the section of the sky Carter was observing. In common with an earlier reporter, Tom Teed, uh, Schaefer found that the other witnesses scarcely remembered the incident. The story surfaced in a Dublin, Georgia newspaper in September 1973. Carter told a reporter he attributed the phenomenon to an electrical occurrence of some sort. The sighting attracted much wider attention when Carter ran as Democratic candidate for president in 1976. The tabloid National Enquirer ran a sensationalistic account placing the incident in Thompson, Georgia in 1973 and mosquitoing witnesses in an effort to dr- dr- uh, dramatize a not very exciting episode. Carter contributed to some of the confusion himself, placing the incident in October rather than January 1969 when he filled out a sighting report from the National Investigations Committee of Aerial Phenomena. The contact date, excuse me, the correct date, which when found made possible a certain identification of the object, came to light in the course of Schaefer's inquiries but also as you know Jimmy Carter was huge uh, you know one of the things that he ran on or one of the things that he mm-hmm. said when he ran was that he was going to bring all the all the government's UFO information to light
1: Yep, so. that was a big deal to him because of that site. Uh, we've talked about that sighting a few times uh, I don't think we've ever gone into detail on it so that was really cool um, but yeah, very, very interesting. He and He's not the only president to have had a sighting, so yep. even cooler, man. Very, very cool. Thanks for sharing that. All right, Josh, if you are ready, sir, we can move this choo-choo train. Uh, what what was it? The musk? train. We can musk move, musk, we musk can move this musk train uh, into our topic of the week, which is Valiant Thor. So just stick around uh, after the small ad break. Hey everybody, Stefan here. Wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the great folks over at Box Mountain. Box Mountain is a subscription box service that has my favorite subscription box yet, The Cryptid Crate. Josh got one of these for his birthday this year, and let me tell you, I was super jealous. It was packed full of merchandise pertaining to cryptids. The box he got was all about the Flatwoods Monster, and it had this t-shirt, a book, a patch, a mug, and some awesome stickers. And let me tell you, it was well worth the value. These make an excellent Christmas gift that keeps on giving all year. If you use coupon code fearscape, you get 25% off the first month for any new subscription or 10% off on an individual purchase. So head over now to fearscape podcast.com slash cryptid crate to get yours.
0: Ghost in the attic spies in the basement is a paranormal true crime podcast. If you enjoy tales of horror, lore, and the unexplained, murders, mystery, and so much more, tune into our bi-weekly podcast with us, your hosts, Anna Temperley and Lindsay Behe for the Fearscape Media Podcast Network, available on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you may listen to your podcasts.
1: All right we are back thank you guys so much for sticking around
2: and yep man I, i'm off the must train i smell like a little bit of old spice and stetson
1: <laughs> high karate you got that high karate <laughs> smell um, for those of you born after 1989 um, you may not know what the hell we're talking about so but anyways yeah um, so we're gonna be talking about valiant thor which is really interesting because of course we got thor um is a very interesting name as being the uh norse god of thunder as well as a superhero um and then valiant um you know you've got your stories of prince valiant there was also valiant comics i mean there's some very interesting things here uh very interesting name so what what do we got talk to me sir about valiant thor
2: yeah so um basically in the late 1950s um the U.S. government had uh, contact with a representative from Venus, uh, who, who went by the name Valiant Thor. Um, there is a book that was written by Doctor Frank E. Strange, strangest strange Doctor Strange. Yep, called Stranger at the Pentagon. So we got Doctor um, Strange
1: and Thor. We're hitting all the Marvel goodness. <laughs>
2: Which, which details much of the interaction uh, that Valiant Thor was supposed to have had. Um, real quick uh, kind of informational anecdote here. I, I was watching a, a documentary on um, Amazon Prime about, let's call it The Underground. And it's about the guy who uh, was speaking out about all the dulcie New Mexico oh yeah yeah you cake. finally
1: got to see that because yeah I saw it years ago yeah. and then they removed it
2: yeah so it's finally back on Amazon Prime uh, Philip, um,
1: uh, or something like that yeah
2: Philip something Schaefer maybe Philip Schaefer I think that sounds right um, but anyways so he has a picture in that, that he shows in that documentary that is his dad sitting next to Valiant Thor yeah I remember that I remember that yeah, Valiant so, Thor
1: was all over the place for a while.
2: Yeah, so, um, so it basically says, you know, when they asked him, uh, so let me back up a little bit. So um, at about uh, 8 a.m. on March 16th, 1957, Valiant Thor arrived in a ship which landed in Alexandria, Virginia, in an agricultural field. Um, Thor was about six feet tall, 185 pounds with brown wavy hair and brown eyes. Um, The police were the first on the scene and found him calm with only one request to meet President Eisenhower. So they took him through the Pentagon where he met with the secret secretary of defense and later with Eisenhower, Nixon and all the joint chiefs.
1: And remember, we talked quite a bit about Eisenhower during the Majestic 12 episode. Yeah.
2: Valiant Thor remained in the United States for three years um, and that he was, according to the book, he had been sent to Earth by the High Council to intervene on behalf of the intergalactic community. They were worried with our nuclear capabilities and how nuclear warfare could lead to the obliteration of the human race
1: which is a theme that we hear talked about quite a bit so now i'm like is 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 valiant thor who kind of came up with that first concept that the yeah uh the extraterrestrials were visiting us because of the bomb being dropped
2: yeah i don't know i mean I wonder
1: if that's the first that that
2: got the first of mention of that i don't yeah. know I'm, I'm trying to think back to other books that i've read that Predate that, and yeah, I can't really come up with anything that, off the top of my head, that really talks about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I, I want to say Ray Palmer may have mentioned something about uh, interest in our atomic weapons or something like that. Or they called them they called them atomics, I think, at atomics.
1: the time. Um, it's interesting. But, I forgot to tell you this too. This is just a sidebar. Um, I purchased a book here recently about Ray Palmer, the Man from Mars. Um, ray palmer's amazing pulp journey and it's just basically about his life and stuff like that so i wonder mm. if there will be some info on that in here be interesting maybe i get to reading that
2: so um much of what i have here uh, in the form of research actually comes from the book uh, stranger at the pentagon by dr frankie Stranges, um, written in 1967 so um most of this is interaction between uh, Dr. Stranges and Valiant Thor, and then Valiant Thor giving his answers and feedbacks and, and accounts, if you will, to Dr. Frankie Stranges, who then wrote it down.
0: Gotcha.
2: So, um, when Dr. F- uh, Stranges first uh, met uh, with Valiant Thor, um, he asked him where he was from, and he replied, I am from the planet that is called Venus. Um, he asked how many visitors from Venus were presently on Earth. And he said, there are presently 77 of us walking among you in the United States. We are constantly coming and going.
1: Now, what year was this again? I apologize.
2: So he landed in 57. The book was written in 67 okay he so, stayed here for three years
1: right so i was just curious as to where it lined up with woody's uh darenberger's trip to venus and then also um what's his name buck owen i think is that his name yeah so it's also bu- went to venus so, so
2: it's before the darenberger right because darenberger yeah. was 66 i think then, buck i think buck owens was early 60s too so you know this was but the, you know injured cold was from lanulos which is not venus he just took them to venus Yep. um but anyways so um the first meeting occurred like i said on march 16 1957 um and said one of the finest leaders of the planet venus operating under the direction of the central control who had been chosen to make contact as well as direct the project ...landed his craft and was met by two police officers, weapons drawn. A thought transference quickly convinced them that he meant no harm... ...and he was ushered into the back seat of their patrol car. After crossing over into D.C., they were met by the Secretary of Defense... ...along with six of his staff members. Soon police from every conceivable district and agency had joined in all trying to claim the right to escort him to President Dwight D. Eisenhower. I just want to take a pause here and just note that this is the hypnotic or thought transference that is mentioned there Mm -hmm. to say I mean no harm. The amount of cooperation that is implied in just this one paragraph makes me think that it was more than just I mean no harm. Right. It was more like a you know jedi mind trick type situation you'll take me to you'll take me to your leader type situation you know um right because you know here's these two officers that this craft has landed they got their guns drawn and, and they hear in their minds you know i mean you know harm and like oh sure get in the back seat we'll take you to meet our president <laughs> come and on then, <laughs> and then every police off every police uh, precinct along the way is like, oh, we got to go. I was like, I just imagine they're all like running in the streets trying to get to, to, to help escort Valiant Thor and, and what he must have uh, projected with his mind in order to get that level of cooperation. <laughs> right. And I uh, just wanted to
1: recant here real quick. Not Buck Owens. Buck Owens is the dude from uh, Hee Haw. I meant Buck Nelson. Um, the author of My Trip to Mars, The Moon and Venus, so that's who I meant. Book okay. Um, but I'm trying to look here real quick. 1956 is when his oh. book was written, so just curious. So, I'm not trying to say there's correlation. I'm just saying it's Venus yeah. was a hot ticket around oh, yeah. that,
2: that decade. Well, I can't remember. There was a uh, there was even a guy um, I can't remember when it was, it was like early 1930s, I want to say who had all these like drawings and stuff of supposedly things he could see through his telescope of Venus. Mm -hmm. And they showed like all these crazy artistic designs all over the place. And, you know, naked people walking around everywhere and all this kind of stuff. And yet, um, and then of course, some years later we sent probes to take pictures and and found out it's a barren, uh, you know, wasteland, but Uh, on the surface, on the surface. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, but
1: yeah, it's like that's always been the naked ladies thing because Venus was the you know the right. goddess of of love and sexuality and stuff. So, so funny that oh, that's that's what you're seeing. Okay.
2: So it, it goes on to say, so it goes on to say here that through his own version of the power of positive thinking, he was able to dismiss them all and soon pass through the security posts, followed by an Air Force captain. You know. Does this story, did this influence George Lucas and the idea of that, you know, Jedi can just. I don't know. You know, we've come
1: across a lot of stuff that happened in the 40s, 50s and 60s. And we're always like, did George Lucas kind of like, is that where he got Because he was into pulp, you know, and different stuff well, like I mean, that, this... which is where a lot of these stories lived, even though you know it's the same thing with like the national Enquirer. we always think it's all just made up stories but no they were legit looking for uh, uh, as much info as they could like they were trying yeah. to put out they
2: just didn't question it like that was the right. big thing but i mean you know this book was written in 67 star wars came out in what 77? Yeah, 77 yeah '77. so um <clears throat> i mean that's 10 years that he could have read this book and adapted mm-hmm. what it says here to be to fit within anyways um if anybody we're listening to happens to know George Lucas, uh, <laughs> ask him the question. Did he get his influence from
1: him? Him and I have the same birthday. Is that of
2: <laughs> So, um, so his it says here that his presence in the area had thrown everyone into dilemma. The introduction he held from the High Council worried them because, though not written in any earthly language, their minds were given power to properly translate and inscribe the message Hmm. Um, a fictitious name is given here of Captain Gould um, asked him to remain and after uh, downing two plain bourbons muttered my god why couldn't have this happened on my day off (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: so dumb that's so dumb (laughs) um Closed-minded.
2: Suddenly, the door opened, and six armed guards led valiant Thor to what appeared to be an elevator. It went rapidly to the bottommost level. Maximum security was in place. After transferring to an underground train, they sped towards the White House. Now we know that there there is a train that runs between the Pentagon and right. the White House, mm-hmm. so. Um, Six officials, six armed guards, and three Secret Service men, 663, uh, escorted him into the office of President Eisenhower. Good old Ike. So from behind the desk, President Rose, while the Secret Service men remained nervous and uneasy. As he extended his hand to shake that of the President, the Secret Service men drew their revolvers and pointed them at Valiant Thor following the nod of the president they reluctantly lowered their guns standing in front of his desk the president said of course you know we have suspended all rules of protocol i have a good feeling toward you please sir what is your name and where do you come from thor replied i come from the planet your bible calls the morning and the evening star Venus." (gasps) he comes from satan (laughs) That's that's exactly what I thought when I read this
1: (laughs) No wonder all these people think that UFOs and aliens are just demons
2: Right Thanks, Valiant Thor Can you prove this? The president asked What do you constitute as proof? Thor replied He quickly recorded I don't know Will you come with me to my ship? Um eisenhower replied with my friend i cannot come and go as i please <laughs> there are others to be considered there are committees to be consulted and security measures to be adhered to please spend some time here with us let's gather let's get be better acquainted learn more about one another and perhaps soon real soon we shall see bill clinton would have done it he'd been like y'all doing the you got the venusians the <laughs> I'm, I'm there i'm there Hey, get that new box of cigars over there.
1: (laughs) We're going to Venus.
2: (laughs) All right. Um, So, at that very moment, another gentleman rushed into the room. It turned out to be Vice President Richard Nixon. Tricky dick. He appeared to Thor to be very sharp, quick witted, with um, fixed eyes and an amazing aptitude towards speed and proficiency. My name is Thor, he said as the Vice President thrust his hand in hesitation. Without hesitation, you have certainly caused a stir from an out-of-towner. The Vice President smiled as he continued, of course, we are not totally convinced of anything just yet, but suffice it to say, we are checking and double-checking everything you can do. Um, After assuring them that this planet had been under close scrutiny for hundreds of years before the 1945 bomb blast. And with his special letters still in a slightly quivering hand of the president, he was requested to follow the Secret Service back the way they had come to the Pentagon and into a beautiful furnace furnished, furnished department where he could spend the next three years. So they put him up in Watergate and uh, he was ready to go so now is is there and this may be
1: jumping the gun but it's like is there any proof that this happened is this uh, documented
2: um... so there are pictures that exist that presumably show Nixon and they show Nixon and a man and that man is being identified as Valiant Thor okay and the man in the pictures. I mean, they're most of them are, are color pictures, but I mean, they're color pictures from you know. Yeah, so they were this, colorized. Right. So, I mean, the man fits the description of you know, tall and brown hair and brown eyes. But, um, you know, I don't know other than like the books that he's you know written and things like that. I mean, I don't know. If there's anything that exists, like an audio recording of him or pictures of his craft, I don't right. think that exists. Then, you know, Just well, cur- well,
1: it's like I think he, you know, I think very, I, I think he existed. You know, I mean, like even IMDb like has him uh, listed on here in an Ancient Alien episode. It says listed as self in the Mysterious Nine episode. So it's like they look at him enough to even say that that's a real person. Um, yeah, they don't list characters, so um it's just very interesting but it's like i just wonder did that meeting happen you know what i mean it's like has anyone tried to do a foia like to try to find info on that that meeting was there records kept? things like that how did yeah. you get this information that's there is that just from valiant thor himself
2: or so i've got a little section here that talks about some photos that were taken so it says soon after his arrival Together with three members of his crew, he joined a convention in the backyard of, of the home of Mr. Howard Minger, M-E-N-G-E-R, in Highbridge, New Jersey. The month was April 1957, so about a month after he introduced himself to the president. Uh, a certain group of individuals were interested in UFOs, were meeting that day, and Thor and his crew members, Don, Jill and Tanya Uh, Don is spelled with two N's D-O-N-N Jill's spelled the normal way you would spell it and Tanya is T-A-N-Y-A-A excuse me Y-I-A excuse me Um, they had changed into some type of clothing worn by their earth friends the meeting was very interesting and these people were on the right track He was dismayed to learn the undignified manner in which these people were treated by the press. So he's a fan of ufologists. Uh, Nevertheless, these people were pursuing their beliefs, and this was good. A curious young photographer, August C. Roberts, snapped several pictures thinking he was doing so without Thor's knowledge. The photographer seemed to be greatly troubled when he attempted to talk to him, Yet it was those very photographs which were to bring me together with this unusual man on that cold December day. Mm-hmm. So this is me obviously being Dr. Strangest here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, it's all very, very interesting, man.
2: <laughs> Just <laughs> Yeah. Um, so holding the message from the high council in his hand, um, the president stated that Thor's offer to help the human family would upset the economy of the United States and could plunge her into the abyss of chaos. In brief, he politely told Thor that the people of this planet were not ready to cope with such conditions as would come into existence if the recommendations of this unearthly visitor were put into action. So again, here's another case of I'm not going to do what is probably in the best interest of everybody in the long run because the american people aren't ready to hear it
1: right standard standard move you know but again it's like there's got to be some documentation somewhere because it's like you know we said that the the ufo would landed and cops were there so they had to have written a report um you know those are the things that i'm interested in in researching and and tracking down are, are things like that you know because it's it is it's very very interesting i'm yeah. looking at these pictures here that do that that showcase uh, what is supposed to be uh, valiant thor it's all very.
2: Um, it says here that he uh, refused to advise the U.S. government regarding a bomb in the sky, which is now known as the Star Wars system. Oh,
1: interesting.
2: Interesting for sure.
1: So that would have been 40 years later? 50? Yeah. 30? Something? <laughs>
2: But I mean, they started building the, the Death Star long before.
1: That was, you know, <laughs> was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. So. Um,
2: so apparently he also had a miracle garment. Um, it says that in his apartment, he was able to maintain communications with his ship and was kept informed of the growing world tensions. His uniform underwent rigid tests at that time. By today's standards, they would now be obsolete. They attempted to penetrate the material with a diamond drill bit, but it snapped under pressure. Acid rolled off the uniform and burned a hole in the floor. They fired a high-velocity rifle at the uniform, but it failed to pierce it. Um, The report to the president read physical appearance, soft silver, gold, lustrous fabric, unknown weight, excuse me, unknown. Uh, Weight is six ounces. Total, including boots. Um, Was it close-fitting like a tunic? No cuffs, pockets, buttons, zippers, clips, or hooks. Um, RX2T2 tests, indestructible. Hmm. (laughs) Again, it's like, did we
1: use some of this stuff? Like, is is that worth something like, you know, like... Not Kevlar, but whatever they're looking at, um, that's supposed to be better than Kevlar. Things like that, you know, makes you wonder. So,
2: you know, it's it, it would be so hard to just. But if there was a report to the president for the testing of this, you know, uniform, that report should exist exactly. somewhere for for a FOA FOIA. But the problem with a FOIA is is that you have to provide exact dates or close to the same dates of when the document was produced mm-hmm. and i don't know that this goes into you know when they actually tested his um when they tested his uniform so now, i guess now i'm gonna have to get the, the actual book and read the entire book but um, <laughs> but maybe it's in there somewhere but yeah um so they had one more test to uh, to try um, and they fired a laser um, at his suit and um, the, uh, the, the bright eyed colonel is what it says here um, started to uh, just have a conversation and um, when the light waves Hit the suit. Um, he was in utter dismay because the ray was totally ineffective against the garment. So it really is indestructible.
1: It's like Superman's cape.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and you know, the expl- the explanation here of these, you know, physical appearances, soft silver and gold, gold rustic fabric... And it fits like a tunic. I mean that. That sounds even like the um, a lot of the examples and, and descriptions given for uh, early contactees when these men would get off these ships and they were wearing yeah. coveralls or a shiny suit or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So
1: yeah, we've heard that a few times. Um, but and it's also interesting because at this time, this was in terms of the contactee movement this is when we were seeing a lot of humanoids right they they just looked human they didn't look any different though some could tend to be tall and this were the blondes right right um tall and blonde and and things like that but yeah that's what's very interesting about him is that he just looks human and this kind of fits some of those older conspiracy theories that um like lanulosians and things like that they left the earth at some earlier point and landed elsewhere
2: well, um, it's really interesting. I was I was reading, not reading, I'm listening to a book right now written by Valiant Thor. It's called uh, Secret uh, Secret Bases Underground or something like that. Um, but in in the early part of the book, it talks about how uh, 85% of these souls that are currently inhabiting the Earth are actually from... A planet called Mal Maldock, Malduke, Maldock, something like that.
1: Yeah, don't Google Malduke either, because <laughs> but Maldock, you're fine.
2: But Maldock and and Maldock was a planet that was destroyed because the race of beings that were on Maldock, um, they constantly sought out power and they were aggressive beings and all that kind of stuff, and so. There, it basically says that through the phases of reincarnation, eighty-five percent of the Earth is now um, inhabited from by people from Maldok hmm. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I will say that I, I've read, or I guess listened to, to it, technically speaking, uh, this is my second book written by Valiant Thor. Um, both are very uh, full of. All kinds of great information so far, um, and uh, references to a lot of great books that will be uh, adorning my uh, bookshelves sometime in the near yeah. Future. You know
1: who I bet has some really great information on this is Olaf. Yeah, because I know a lot of times when I search Valiant Thor Secret Space Program shows up quite a bit. You know that this is one of those catalysts for the Secret Space Program. Yeah, with Valiant Thor and him. You know providing technology and the like I bet you I bet you Olaf has some really cool stuff Olaf if you're listening go us and hit us up in that WhatsApp chat I want to know
2: and <laughs> <laughs> we may share it with Riskwatch. so but yeah so the that colonel that tried with the laser and failed uh, apparently spent the next several hours talking to Thor about uh, nuclear fission um, and the atomic bomb and giving Thor a breakdown on how atomic weapons worked um <laughs> The atomics. The atomics. Um, So here's here's an interesting uh, anecdote. Apparently, um, uh, he went to Cuba and met with Fidel Castro.
1: Oh, boy. This is before the Bay of Pigs, so I guess we're good. Yeah, we're
2: good. Um, Or
1: maybe that's why he's gone, because they were like, no, you are now a communist sympathizer. You can stay in Cuba.
2: I mean, well, I mean... During with, with, with all that stuff going on it does make you wonder if if maybe they kicked him out because of maybe what he was trying to tell them to do like to demil- demilitarize and all that kind of stuff. Right,
1: because you're like why did he just come to America? Did he go to Russia? I mean, maybe Cuba was that passport to it.
2: Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so um, it says that Thor worked with a person named Nancy Warren. Um, she was one of the only few since his arrival at the Pentagon in whom he was able to discern an honest and open heart and who loved Almighty God, her country <laughs> and her fellow man.
1: Amen. Um,
2: <laughs> so, um, when he was inside the Pentagon, many of his people... Uh, he said, many our people live one life openly while in their hearts and minds they live quietly another. Double-mindedness seemed to be a way of life in the Pentagon building that served as a busy nerve center for our nation.
1: Hmm. Still happens.
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, Thor once remarked to me that he had never witnessed in one central location such concentrated confusion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Boy, he should go now. Like what has been like the last couple decades, man. Shoo.
2: Was that the Pentagon or is that the Senate? I don't know.
1: All of it. All of it.
2: Um. So apparently, this Doctor Frank Strangest guy is uh is also a a pastor. Um. And so there there is actually quite a bit in here about God and, and Jesus and. Um,
1: well, and that was a big theme again. Like, was this, this, you know, these early contactees, you know, again, Indra Gold, big old Christian, like they right. worship the Christian God, which never made sense because Jesus came onto earth way after they supposedly left. But whatever um, the uh, spell. So oh, I can't think of his name is S- Svenborn Svenborg um, that we talked about, the guy that floated around to all the all the different planets and stuff in the uh was it 1800s and stuff like that he was finding all these aliens that believed in his god and it was the same some of the same rituals and and the things like that and now here we are again like that was a central theme and i i kind of feel like that was just a, a cover-up it was like here's a thing to make you okay because right. back then that panic did exist that it would destroy religion as we know right which back then was apparently only Christianity um, and so that may have been a thing it's like no 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 look guys they 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 follow Jesus too like it's cool it's, it's fine
2: well it so here's there's a little section in here that that, that this doctor. A strangest guy wrote and says, he told me that his purpose is coming was to help mankind return to the Lord. He spoke in positive terms, always with a smile on his face. He said that man was further away from God than ever before, but there was still a good chance if man looks in the right place. He told me he had been here nearly three years and would depart in just a few months. Claiming that he would not use force to speak with men and authority in America, he was happy to consult with them at their invitation. He further stated that thus far, only men in Washington knew of his existence in the Pentagon. Hmm. So he, he goes on to say, and a few leaders had availed themselves of his advice during the past three years. He felt there was still so much to do, yet his time of departure was getting near. He told me that Jesus Christ would not force men to be saved from their mistakes, even though he had already made a way for mankind to be redeemed through his shed blood. When I asked him where he was from, he replied, I am from the planet that is called Venus. I asked him how many visitors from Venus presently. He said, 77 are walking amongst you and constantly coming and going. During the next 30 minutes, he told me about the things about myself that I did not know. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I didn't know I had blonde hair.
2: <laughs> um, he said later he was able to verify them with his parents and grandparents. Um, oh, he gave me, so
1: that kind of information. Okay, that yeah. makes a little more sense. I take my joke back.
2: Yeah. He gave me information regarding the gravitational pull of Venus in comparison to Earth. I was informed that the abdominal muscles hold flesh firm against the mild gravitational pull, which is 320. 20th less than that of earth he gave me information which would be revealed to others over a period of years Hmm. he said the only thing that he said that troubled me was his use of the expression when the time is right in response to my question as to whether or not I would see him again Uh, he also apparently had no fingerprints so yeah there's that (laughs) um (laughs) So, he goes on to say that we discussed the merits of Jesus Christ, how he gave his life freely so that men could enjoy the benefits of eternal life. I questioned him about the Bible on Venus, and he assured me that a personal unbroken fellowship with the author did not necessitate the printing of a book. He found it amusing that many theologians attempt to discredit both Jesus Christ and the Bible. The very God many have said is dead, continues to lavish them with all these good things. Perhaps they will, in time, permit the spark of divine light to again illuminate their troubled hearts. Hmm. In answer to my question of what he thought of Jesus Christ, he said, I know that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega of yours and everyone else's faith.
1: Man, hmm. I mean, it just, it troubles me. <laughs> you know, well, once, we, once we get into the the just theological aspects of it that's where i just get hesitant i don't know
2: well and you know there's a theory that i read somewhere and i can't remember where but that jesus was a venusian yeah i've I've heard that as
1: well i've heard that as well um and
2: so um and i've also heard that um that that jesus is a title um like dread pirate roberts like dread Pirate roberts okay yep and so, like Terry rest. <laughs> and so, you know, he just go, he just, there was several Jesuses sent around the cosmos all in an effort to enlighten people and, and, in and, and heighten their consciousness, so to speak sure. in an effort to, to, to elevate the people of that planet. Right. So, um, you know, and wh- I, when I, you know, if I break this down, this, this, this line here, I know that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega of yours and everyone else's faith. But that just, to me, says that Jesus is whatever Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, I guess, of the faith. Right. Like, but...
1: I don't know. There's a lot of theory, you know, that Jesus was simply just another Buddha, you know, that, um, you know, that it it was. It's this interdimensional um healing deity that has uh car- incarnated into various forms buddha being one christ because especially yeah. because buddha and jesus have such similar um thoughts and, and teachings in a lot of ways so
2: well something else that that is in that book that I'm listening to right now that came up was um there apparently are uh, which we've talked about them before when we when we talked about the shaver mystery these um, I can't remember what they're called now. They're basically like a hodgepodge of of body parts. Um, I can't remember what. Do you remember what? They're like they have the the lower part of a goat and the upper part of a man. It's like oh, what, the chimera. Called something specific. Chimera. No, it's called something else. It's called something else. But anyways, um, now it's gonna bug me.
1: <laughs> I want
2: to say I want to say synthetics but I don't I don't think that's right but that they basically are constructed and then they serve as um a vessel for beings from the astral plane to inhabit mm. and when they're in those vessels then they can walk around and interact in the physical realm and so it made me think you know in um, probably gonna offend some of our listeners here but the fact that jesus really didn't do anything until he was 30 years old you know yeah i've always i've always questioned if he just lived a normal life as a man and then he was inhabited by something else
1: yeah i've Um, seen that before as well because the childhood stories even the ones that made the cut for the bible still seem out of place much like they did in the gospel of thomas that didn't make it and things like that you know like it just seems so weird. All of a sudden, you know, he's teaching people at the the synagogue and things like that. It seems yep. out of place. It doesn't fit with the rest of the adult narrative, yeah. and so yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. And um, I was thinking again. I was like, was it synthesoid? Is that what you?
2: No, but, no, but that it, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to go back and read. <laughs> but but you know, so um, the other thing that I always thought about is, is you know, uh, was he a practitioner of Reiki? They, there is yeah there's again there's
1: a lot of theory there because a lot of healers that are like that new age kind of uh, era where um christ is just another deity to call upon and things like that there's a lot of uh christian themed reiki because they do believe that that's kind of possibly what christ was using was a more because you know, like we said we know that asui um, gave us the symbols that he said but he said that there were thousands of them when he he discovered Reiki that they had already existed they were out there and so maybe yeah someone like Christ or Buddha that was able to perform these miracles had access to these other symbols who knows
2: for sure so moving off of these theologic (laughs) um, (laughs) so um, then they got into a conversation around life on other planets Um, and Thor's reply was there is life on many other planets of which people of earth know nothing There are more solar systems for which Man is not given credit There are many beings that Have never transgressed the perfect laws Man does not possess the right to Condemn the whole of God's creation Because he himself has broken the perfect Laws of God through disobedience A lot of Other God stuff here so (laughs) Um, Dr. Strange is asked I mean
1: Thor is a god right Yeah
2: Yeah asked him what he would do if the military prevented him from leaving on the appointed day, he simply said, Frank, do you remember one day after Jesus arose from the dead? He had gone in search of several of his followers. <clears throat> they closed themselves in a locked room and suddenly they saw Jesus standing in the very midst of them. He then smiled and looked at me as if to apply, need I say more? So I guess he can do whatever he wants is what he's trying to say (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) so um, he says he turned to leave the room um, and he simply said to me please keep your faith and leave the same way that you came in continue to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will in time be added to you and yours basically said uh, don't let the door hit you where the Lord split you
1: (laughs) 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 basically what
2: he said yeah so you know go on to say you know the guy who wrote it Frank I began to wonder who would believe me if ever told of a strange encounter with a man from another planet I first considered not repeating this extraordinary story but the more I thought about it the more I prayed about it the more I felt that it would bring a great blessing to those who would hear and read it um
1: I mean just all that already makes me surprised there's not like a well, well there may be we will have to ask Nathan I'm sure he knows but a, a cult
2: yeah <laughs> but,
1: you know of not not worshipping valiant Thor much like Svenborg it wasn't worshipping Svenborg it was still worshipping Christ it was just through his techniques and yeah. his ways I'm surprised there's not like a valiant
2: Thor church following well in if I put on my um, if I put on my salesman hat right Boop, there and, it is. And I, and I, uh, my salesman hat, by the way, it's, uh, it's the old style, uh, visor with the green, you know, the green visor.
1: Oh, yeah, like the, uh, like they used in old poker games and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's my, that's my salesman hat. So, um, I would say that, uh, this particular tail, um, uh, might have netted, um, uh, this individual. Uh, quite a few additional what's the congregationalist is Mm -hmm. that the word Sure. Um, because he could say see here's a conversation that I have with somebody who doesn't live on this planet but yet still worships the almighty God so
1: interesting yeah Um, and, and it's it's crazy the amount of books that Valiant Thor has out there you know you're like is it the same valiant thor or did other people just be like well there's no proof that this guy actually existed i guess i could be valiant thor um but i see a number of them you know especially dealing with vril you know uh vril is something that pops up in our conversations quite a bit as well and there's a number of books written by valiant thor about using the power of Vril. so
2: yeah i mean i i just um for a long time i thought valiant thor was a channel like a saw type yeah yeah Yeah. no
1: well I mean I had never heard of it Uh, the very first time I ever heard of it was from that extraterrestrial podcast Um, was when I first heard of Valiant Thor Um, so I guess I knew right away that it was uh, a man that was supposedly existed so
2: so um, on March 16th uh, he left he departed Um, he says he dematerialized and departed from this phase of his early mission um, his next stops was the outskirts of Alexandria Virginia where his ship and crew awaited his arrival hidden by a wooded area uh, it was no problem for him to reassemble the atoms of his body inside his ship so he was beamed away basically okay. um, as, his, <clears throat> as his craft slowly arose a number of people stopped and pointed excitedly in his direction others stood motionless transfixed by the sight which they beheld he felt such tremendous feeling of love for all of them there was no panic in them just curiosity and a strong desire to know more then as the air force jets were scrambled uh, with the force field now in full use the plane darted past the ship unable to see them now unable to see them now interesting there Hmm. Uh, So they basically phased out of our visible light Um, which is even what have we seen yep even ground radar lost them on their equipment confusion once again reigned on the way back to victor one he meditated on his home planet the low heavy colorful clouds the even temperatures the perfectly diffused sunlight that made shadows among, almost non-existent the lushness of the rich green grass surrounding his home he was informed of several earth people with whom he would maintain contact for a long time into the future
1: you know, it's almost as if this dude was right was like a, an ambassador, you know. So then I I look at things like Woody going to Venus and and Buck Nelson going to Venus and things like that. It's like you think he'd be the guy they'd meet.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's and that's what I've always said. It was angered an in ambassador, right? You know, it was <clears throat> you know, were or, or all these things just or all these people that say. Um, were they just sent to meet open-minded individuals yeah. in hopes that if they can if they can convince enough of them to change their ways, kind of like what Greer's going after, right, with his 1% right. meditation thing? Yeah. You know, if you can get 1% of the people to change the way they think, can you change the way, the direction of the planet? Yeah.
1: <sighs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it is definitely something I think. I mean, I know, uh, which, by the way, if you haven't watched yet, Astral Stew, we we talk about it on this month's episode, so (laughs) you can dig into that a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Maybe if they have shaped power, they could shape that energy into the worst callback ever. I I was trying to shape that power into a a container that didn't work. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. It's like, so the the more more and more I dig into Valiant Thor, the more and more I feel dissuaded against him being here, which is interesting because when I first learned about Valiant Thor, I was like, this dude was here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and and what's really interesting in one of the pictures uh, that exists of him, he's sitting next to Rear Admiral Richard Byrd. Which
1: oh, that's interesting.
2: If the name doesn't sound familiar, um, he was the first person to map the both poles. I think I think he did both poles, north and south. And he also uh, is one of the. He's also one of the big proponents for Hollow Earth because he claimed to have found an entry point into the Earth yep, where he saw many
1: UFOs going in and yep. out of. Yep. Yeah, and that there was this travel system that was able to go from the north to south pole quickly.
2: Yep. So, um, basically, in, in the end, he was sent back to Earth to live amongst the people to work in you Oblishing. know in inter- Earth Earth. Inter- <laughs> it just says to labor in Earth enterprises. Yeah, like publishing, we got, we yeah. got it. <laughs> uh, to help those who encounter possible threat or danger while striving for world peace, to give them advice and guidance, to entrust with superior knowledge those who have proven themselves to divulge the essence of their mission to the collective national leaders of Earth, only when the time is right. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's now because I'm already thinking. I'm like, has anyone researched the publishers
1: of his books to fig to find out who, what, what info do they have on right. said Valiant Thor? Like, there's an avenue that I wonder if anyone's dug into
2: yet. Olaf, have you? <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm gonna get off the. You know, when we get it done here. I'm gonna go look it up. So, so I said the time is right because we're about to look yeah. into it. That's
1: ex- That's exactly my whole point. It's like, hey, Valiant Thor, man, come on. I, I would love to meet you and, and talk to you, and you are always welcome on our show.
2: Yep. But. So, yeah. So that's... Um, other than, you know, like you said, he has written quite a few books. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the one I'm reading now is all about uh, Secret Bases Underground. Um, uh, one of the other ones I read was about uh, all the different... Um, uh, for like better term creatures mm-hmm. and how to contact them uh, all the different alien species and how to contact them yep. so it's a very very interesting some of the stuff that he's written uh, and also some of the stuff that he's written is very like I'm in the book that I'm hearing now it harkens back to another book that I read that you found that's like was a from Palmer and Barker and Brainerd it was like, Uh, creatures and something. something, I don't remember. Looking at it on
1: my thing right now, it says, hold on.
2: Strange creatures from time and space. Yep. So, yeah, um, you know, there's some stuff that was mentioned in that book that's also mentioned in this book. So, anytime, I guess, that you have corroborating information across uh, different timelines, it it, you know,
1: Yeah, I'd be interested to follow the money trail, too. Like, where are the royalties going? Where are the royalties going?
2: What, you, what you're What going to find out is that Ingrid Cold and Valiant <laughs> Thor are the same person.
1: Yeah, they're all the same dude. Buck Owens from Hee
2: Haw. <laughs> <laughs> Buck Rogers. <so.
1: laughs> Salute! And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but thank you, Josh, for all that great information on Valiant Thor. Um, like he was saying, Amazon is littered with books on and about valiant thor as well as written by valiant thor there's quite a bit on kindle as well um so you can check all those out but uh josh let's go ahead and get start wrapping things up sir thank you again for all that great information um if anybody out there if you listeners out there you guys have some uh, more information some interesting tidbits feel free to share those on those posts uh or on the fan group page um about that because you know we you know We don't read 10,000 Google pages and and books and things like that. So there may be some really cool stuff that we missed that I'd be interested to hear about. So share your information with us. We'd love to hear it. Wanted to talk quickly again about Wristwatch, our Patreon. Um, You can go to uh, uh, com slash support or you can go to patreon.com slash pod. there you can join wristwatch which is our patreon we have some members there we've got some really cool stuff that's only uh, patreon only Uh, We are digging into the mystery of Terry Wrist in these uh, very interesting emails, um, as well as all the avenues that it's taken us on. And it's me, you, Olav and and, uh, Santosh. We've been digging into it and we were we've been in contact with Alan Greenfield and another one of Olav's friends, some of our other friends. Uh, Penny Royal, I mean, there's just different things. All of the stuff is seemingly starting to come together and uh, we're continuing on sharing our mystery and our journey with you guys. That is a Patreon only. Um, as well as other uh, Fearscape-related things. It's not just for wristwatch. It's just a fun right. name to go through that mystery. But yeah, it's like we've got the uh, extended Tyler Strand interview is going to be dropping there soon. So we we recorded a whole other 30 minutes with Tyler Strand that never made the air. We're going to be airing that. You can only get access to that via... Uh, patreon so again make sure to go to fearscapepodcast.com slash support that's the easiest way to go and of course all that money that is made through those monthly installments those help us just create a better show travel yep. and all that jazz much like I said last time we've got the birthday fundraiser going on we're trying to put together this incredible um, pilot TV show uh, with Santosh Josh and myself um, you can find that on the fearscape Uh, media and fearscape podcast uh, Facebook pages there should be a link there it's a Facebook uh, fundraiser there we're trying to raise some money for that so if you want to donate that way instead of becoming a monthly uh, supporter you can do it that way there's all kinds of great ways that you can support us or hell just hit us up at paypal you know what i mean Fearscape Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com um, but i'm done off my money box but i just wanted to mention that because wristwatch some really cool things have been happening as usual and we want to share that stuff with you of course make sure you're checking in our youtube page to check out astral stew really crazy episode this month talking about uh beans mothman and dr steven greer so yeah. you don't want to miss <laughs> that Um, It's such a pleasure for us to be able to record with Santosh every month for such a fun YouTube show. Um, But we're going to get out of here. But before we do, Josh, I wanted to get into a listener story. We haven't had one in a few weeks, um, but we've got one here that I wanted to uh, go over. Give me a second here. Here it is. Uh, This comes from a woman named Brenda from Texas, and she actually sent us in a listener story about the black-eyed children so um you know we did an episode on that ages ago um but there are still new black-eyed children sightings all the time it's one of our hottest episodes because it's (laughs) it's crazy how people seeing us but this is brenda's story when i was living in plainview texas i had two encounters with black-eyed children One was standing along the side of the road, alone in the middle of a freak snowstorm. I pulled up beside him and rolled the window down, and I talked to him. He looked at me and had the most disturbing eyes. They were solid black. He asked me if I could take him to the trailer park I lived in, and I told him no, mm -mm, and i left as quickly as I could. my second encounter was at the mobile home i was living in i was leaving to head to work not shortly after and this kid about four to six years of age just started tapping on my window it asked me if i was his mommy (laughs) no i told him to go away i'm busy wrong mistake buddy because that night i got caught in a severe blizzard and guess who shows up again with that little boy and tells me that if you're not my mommy you're gonna die sure enough I look up and there's a semi coming straight for me they these kids I'm telling you they have extremely soulless eyes and whatever you do do not encourage them or allow them to join you in your home or travels it's extremely dangerous but when they warn you you keep your eyes open
2: Wow. Keep your black eyes open. I guess. That's <laughs> frightening,
1: yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, because you don't want to yeah. let them
2: in because there's danger
1: there. But you don't want to not let them in either because then there's danger there. So it's just, well, man. And,
2: and also, it's, you know, they're kids. I mean, it's hard to turn a blind eye to kids. It's especially
1: just, in a snowstorm. snowstorm it's Snowstorm. Like good yeah. on her for, I, I mean, I'm saying this as someone who's a big believer in black-eyed children. I'm not saying leave children on the side of the road, y'all. But I'm just saying good on you for knowing what you were seeing and getting out of there because you may not have gotten out of the way of that semi if you had yeah. taken that extra moment to let that kid in that car that could have been all the time that was needed for that semi to slam into you
2: yeah. well and I mean you know what are the people that do let them in the car <laughs> I know we, Like, do we, we have never... stories
1: I mean is that where some of these unsolved murders take you yeah. know that We have no answers. Disappearances. Yeah, I don't know. Need to ask the girls from uh, uh, Ghost in the Attic, bodies in the basement. (laughs) See, because I'm sure they'll end up touching on the black-eyed children at some point. Because I want to know: is there any true crime stuff that correlates with possible black-eyed children? That's what I want to know. So, Anna and Lindsay, if you're listening let me know um i want to be on that episode that's all i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) but speaking of which there of course you can send your uh listener stories to us at fearscape uh, podcast at gmail.com or just anywhere that you can find us um send those stories to us you can send audio or you can send text uh, and make sure you're checking out fearscapemedia.com where all of our host of other podcasts exist Um, Such great podcast out there. Like I said, Ghosts in the Attic, Bodies in the Basement, one of our newest and best podcasts. It's absolutely phenomenal if you like true crime and the paranormal.
2: Yep, and uh, we have a new app. Woo, it is fancy schmancy. Let me tell you guys, (laughs) we had
1: a test beta app that we had out before. We didn't like it, um, but we were testing it. That's what we were doing. But this new one is crispy.
2: Well, in and i don't I, like so i have it i have it installed um on my phone obviously I'm, why would i not have my own app installed mm-hmm. me too. um and the other day um um i don't remember which one it was but one of the pods on the network dropped a new episode and i got a notification on Yep, my phone. me too and, yeah that's and, where and i old, listen to all the yeah. other
1: the network podcasts that's where i listen to them so, all
2: straight off the app so, if you want to know, you know what's going on on the network, uh, download the app. It's available in the Play Store right now. It'll be coming for Apple soon, and. Um... Yeah, yeah, we're,
1: we're. It's not like we're working on getting it to Apple. It's just taking time to get onto Apple as it usually does. But it'll be yep. there soon. And yeah, go to Google Play. It's free download. Have some fun. Listen to everybody's podcast. And there's links to support us. There's links to go to our Redbubble store to get any you know products or things like that. But we love you guys. But um, we're gonna quit hammering today we're going to get out of here um we got a lot of stuff to google that we ain't supposed to be googling so (laughs) we're gonna be checking that out but thank you guys so much for tuning in we love you guys so so much uh we're going to get out of here again thank you for listening to fearscape paranormal podcast here on the fearscape media network this has been stefan and uh hey keep your eyes on the skies this has been josh the truth is now and remember folks hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky when you're listening to fearscape good night everybody Good night. We hope you have enjoyed this guidepost on the road of high strangeness with us. And we thank you, as always, for listening and joining our caravan to the weird and unknown. Please consider supporting us as we continue our journey to find the answers we all seek. FearscapePodcast.com forward slash support.